Hi, superstars. Welcome back to another edition of Awesome Overflow. I get to be joined this month by my dear friend, Kelly Gordon. Hello, Kelly. How are you? Hi, Meg. I'm I'm good. Yeah, I think we're so close to the end of the year. Yeah. Like every second that ticks off, I feel yes. a little lighter. Yes, I agree. I agree. You guys may notice my voice. I've gone ahead and done my yearly annual tradition of getting a cold after <laughs> the holidays. True. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but this is a thing. This is a real thing that happens for women is, I mean, and for men too. It's just like when you finally get past the yep. hump of yes. the crazy, yes. then your body's like, thank you. Yep. A little rest would be great. And let's, <laughs> let's just take all those germs and, get, and deal with them now. I know, even in a year when we're all being so careful about exposure to germs, I still manage to get a cold. So you're welcome for my weird voice, everyone. <laughs> Your Phoebe Buffet voice? Yes. I, exactly. I really hope you sing Smelly Cats at some point during this recording. <laughs> yes, totally, totally. Well, Kelly and I have some personal reflection we're going to do on 2020. We thought it'd be appropriate for here we are, the literal last days, as Kelly said, the last hours. We're in the last hours of 2020, Kelly. We're doing it. We're almost there. Yes. Um, we thought we would do a little bit more personal reflection. Now, if you've listened to episode 272 of Sort of Awesome, the main show, then you got to hear our group show as we kind of talked about like what got us through 2020. And I loved our com- conversation on that. One thing we usually try to do at the end of the year as we get together and and talk through the year is kind of give some personal reflection. We just didn't have time to cram it all in to the the, uh, group show for this year. So we thought, well, let's just like save it for the superstars. And so I have some questions that I just threw at Kelly literally minutes ago. So she's like such a good sport to be like, I'm sure. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I love to play this sort of a game though. And with the superstars, it's perfect because you guys know that you just get what you get here and you don't throw a bit. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So we have some questions, not only for Kelly and I to ponder and reflect on, but also I'm absolutely going to ask you superstars reflect on this. If you're in the superstars hangout group on Facebook, um, we'll have some threads going with some conversation around these questions. If you're not on Facebook, you know, we have the, the sort of like comment section on Patreon, which are not a lot of people use, but that's okay. That's still there. I read those comments and, um, and I know the team does too. So Feel free to just hit that comment button um, on this post in in uh, sorry in Patreon, and let us know your thoughts because I would love to hear your responses on some of these questions. So we're just going to kind of get right into it. I think, um, Kelly, I would love to know from you first of all, like what's a new skill that you learned sometime in the past twelve months in this the year of our Lord twenty twenty. Yes, which I don't know if the awesomes have heard me say this, but I have used that phrase that you just used, Meg, the year of our Lord, 2020. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's 2020's full name. Yes, it like, is. <laughs> it's like, go to the corner, 2020. Yes. That's yes. how I say it. When yeah. people are like, why do you say that so much? And I'm like, it's like the full name it's of the year. Full it's been very, name. very bad. Yes, very bad, very name. naughty. Yes, get in the corner. Yes. Yes. Um, what new skills did I learn in 2020? I have to go to my actual day job for this because, and we've talked about it a little bit on Set Awesome, but we have started to do, you guys, live radio from not the office. So it was crazy that we had these plans. I, I distinctly remember it was probably February when the pandemic was starting to get serious, we had all this, all the producers met in one little meeting room, which now sounds so funny yes. you know, that we, we crammed all into one 
like glass walled meeting room to say, okay, um, if people get sick, I don't even think that we were really thinking that we were going to be doing remote radio for right? this long. Yeah. But we were more like, if people get sick, if people like, how are we going to do this? And so we started to just brainstorm the different shows, like what would we need, what would we do? And then within like four weeks, pretty much almost everyone was doing it from home. And four more weeks after that, everyone was doing it from home, except for our technical engineers who are in the studio. And then the hosts got to come in. The idea being that they wanted the most important people to the radio. They are in the building, but everyone else who could potentially get each other sick should be at home. Yes. So we have learned to do live radio from home Yeah. every day. I have my little setup here. It's and amazing. you guys, just this month, our host, who has a mother who lives in Tucson, she has now decided to start broadcasting from Tucson. So now we have our host also not in the building. Yeah. Um, so we're connected on, um, we have a different audio system that we use and we use Zoom and we use um, Skype. Like we use, I have about four different things. I have my iPad propped up and there are days I can't believe that we are doing this, but we are so doing it. And it's yeah. actually even become a little old hat. Like we're, wow. we're used to it. You know, we've got our plan Bs. We've used our plan Bs. Um, we've learned kind of where we can push and where we probably shouldn't push. Yes. But yes, yes. we've done it. And so it's been really impressive. And I have been proud of myself and our team. Yeah. That we've been able to say, okay, let's take this kind of zombie apocalypse scenario. Yep. Like what if no one could come into the office for a year? Mm. How do we do radio? Yeah. I don't think anybody ever believed that would happen. Right. Yet here we are and we've done it. And so it's, it's felt really good. And I think that, in fact, this is what I would love to hear from the superstars. We did a show a few weeks ago on the idea that people are starting to move and have indeed moved during the pandemic, largely because it has been proven now that we no longer need to go to the office. If you have that kind of a job mm-hmm. that allows you to work from home, like maybe your workplace was resistant. Maybe you were resistant. We've all seen it work. So yes. people leaving, especially Silicon Valley, expensive mm-hmm. places like New York mm-hmm. City, mm-hmm. Um, but leaving and saying, well, I don't need to live in San Francisco where the rent is $2,000 for a bedroom. Right. I could buy a house in Charlotte. Yeah. You know, like why? And I can work remotely. So I would just love to hear if anybody here is already doing that. Yes. Because I think that the skill of learning to do our jobs from home, it's mm-hmm. not the same. And I know many of us are looking forward to going back to the office once we get the chance, but it is a skill that I've learned. And I know that many of the superstars have learned as well. Oh, that's so awesome. We were just talking before we started recording about like just even today, kind of the challenges, the hoops you had to jump through to get the show when it's live radio to get all people in all the different places now. And so, yeah, yeah, it's pretty incredible. I'm sure many people can relate to that. To just the sort of adaptability of learning. It's a skill to learn how to do things that used to be in person in remote locations. So yeah, I get that totally. One thing that I really learned this year, a new skill that I've been wanting to learn forever. And this was the year I finally, like, I'm not good at this, but I started learning it. I'm allowing myself to be a beginner. And that is doing video editing. Like my whole adventures into life and work online. I've been so intimidated by video editing. I've felt like I've just had this like huge mental block. 
Like that's for people who like have gone to school and certainly, yes, you can go to school and have advanced degrees in the actual art and skill of video editing. But I just would not even let myself have permission to like try a little bit. And so this is the year that I just started playing around, even in a very basic program like iMovie. Just like, what can you do in here? Helping the twins. The twins watch so much YouTube and they love the idea of making YouTube videos. I put them as private on my personal YouTube channel. So they think it's on YouTube, you know, we could go to YouTube and watch it. Um, But it's not public for anybody except for them to watch. But just playing around with that, having fun with it and being like, okay, I taught myself how to edit audio. I didn't have any training in that. I just used the Google and the YouTube and I figured out how to do that. And as it turns out, video, kind of the same thing. Like you can can figure it out. So I'm really proud of myself that I, it was more about, it was like less about the actual technical skill of it, which again, I have so much room to grow on that. I'm not saying I'm like even proficient, but I, like, I know how, when I open iMovie, like I kind of like, I'm starting to know how to like, okay, this goes here and this goes there just giving myself permission to just start it and try it and have fun with it, not put a bunch of pressure on it. So that's a new skill for me for sure this year. Okay. Second question. I love this question. You and I both as ENFPs, I think we, we like the, to look on the positive side of things. So second question is what's the best compliment that you've received in 2020? What was the best compliment you received this year? Okay. I'm going to throw this back at you and let you answer it first, because I'm thinking about it. And I would love to hear what you have to say. Okay. Well, mine comes from something that is apart from my online life. In my personal life, in my 3D real human life, um, I have the deep honor of getting to teach on our church's RCIA team, which is RCIA's the Rite of Christian Initiation for adults, people who are coming into the Catholic Church. And even though I myself am a brand new convert, um, I have a very good and close relationship with our deacon of our church who's oversees the program. And you know, when Kyla and I were going through RCIA, we were the complete nerds who were sitting in the front row, and I'm not, in, I'm not exaggerating, sitting in the front row no, taking I'm notes. Sure. You know, we we loved it. We'd take notes. We would contribute to the conversation. And so there was this kind of natural transition, even a- after I came into the church, that our deacon asked Kyla and I if we would come in and teach some of the classes. Um, and then Kyle kind of like was, we were trying to figure out how do we make this work with both of us? scheduling and and all these kids that we have. So he kind of stepped away from it because I had such a passion for it and he can do, it's like one of those things he can do. They just didn't have the passion to sort of fuel continuing to make the accommodations and whatever. So um, since I did have the passion, he's like, why don't you go ahead and do it? And I'll manage all the home stuff. I was like, okay, that's fine with me. And so this is, I'm just going to say like sort of a, a conglomerate of compliments that I've gotten over the past year. Cause we've had two different RCIA classes come through just people being like, thank you for that teaching that I, that meant so much. I really learned you were really engaging. Um, this was, you know, this really meant something to me. It reminds me of my old teaching days and yeah. Any chance that I get to plug into old teacher mode, and especially something that I'm as passionate about as Catholicism, the faith, the Bible, Jesus, like all that stuff, it it fills me with so much joy to get to do it. And so to receive those compliments back from people like, I, this meant something to me, is like the best, best affirmation possible. So it means a lot. 
Yeah, that's really good. And you are such a good teacher. So I'm not surprised that both that people would see it and that it would really feel extra good to have you be affirmed in that yeah. area because yeah. that's something that you love to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wish I could take your class. <laughs> I wish you could too. I wish you could do an online version. <laughs> that would be great. Um, that's good. Yeah, I was thinking in, in many ways, I think that that kind of conglomerate, there's not one thing that sticks out to me. Yes. But I feel like this year, especially because kids have been schooled so much at home. Yeah. Um, what has meant a lot to me is when my kids thank me oh, for yes. helping them with yes. their schoolwork. Totally. Because it has cost me, Oh yeah. Um, you know, like just the exhaustion of this year of like trying to work a job and then getting done and then like stepping into homeschool mom mode and trying to help them with their work and help them to understand. So certainly there have been many um, like angry cries and shed tears on both parts, yeah, <laughs> totally. children and me, because it's a frustrating thing. But there have been moments that they have come back to me, even the 17 year old Mm. who is a boy, you know, has come back and will apologize. You know, like if he got mad, he's like, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the situation. Um, But to have them say that, that, that my willingness to step in and to help them, like they know that I'm on their team. Yeah, exactly. And that is so huge. I think to have them see that is the real, you know, like sometimes we're doing something but to have somebody see that you're doing yes. something, especially a child who, you know, sometimes they're just not going to, yeah. um, but to have them see that and appreciate it in a year when it is right. so tense, I guess, everything is just hard. Yes. But that, that meant a lot. It really it greased a lot of the um, roughness out of yeah. that process. That's so, so true. And I just, I'm like right here with you. I just relate so strongly on the suddenly homeschooling situation. Yeah. All right. Next question. And you can do this. You can do this as either either or, or both. And I'm going to leave it up to you. I'm just curious if there's anything particularly that has energized you and, or anything that has particularly drained you this year. So the draining me is something I've been thinking about most recently because as, and I know you relate to this and I know the superstars who are extroverts also relate I am really drained by the lack of contact with people yes. and, and those opportunities to mingle with people and to do other things, to go on adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's just down the street, you know, that sort of thing. Yes. The constant repetitiveness of my day to day for a little while was okay. And at this point in month 12 of the year of our Lord, 2020, yes. I am over it. Yes. And so it's a weird thing to have, be an extrovert and have the less you do, the more you're drained. Yes. Thank you. That's so affirming to me. I appreciate you wording it so perfectly. That <laughs> resonates. Yes. Yeah, it's just something I've been thinking about, especially in the last week or so, um, because I don't like feeling this way. And I feel like, what is my answer? Lots of times for me, when I'm feeling a certain way and I'm like, okay, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I kind of project into what if you had this or what if you did that, would that change how you feel? Like mm. it's like I'm trying on different situations to see if this solves yeah. whatever I'm feeling. Sure. And so the, the kind of apathy and depression that I'm feeling right now, I'm often like, well, if I could just meet a friend now, yeah. can I just, no. Yep. Like there's, there's nothing, you know, so many things here in Minnesota anyway are still closed. Like the, mm-hmm. the gyms are mostly like there's even my normal outlets are not there. So I think 
that's what I would say too, is like the like converse of that. What energized me, and this is so funny, and 18-year-old Kelly would just fall down in a dead, horrified faint mm-hmm. if she heard me say this. But what energized me most this year is when things could be a little more. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Which, those are the things we take for granted all the time. Oh but my gosh. For a few weeks this fall, I was able to go back to the gym yes. and do my, my strength training classes that I love. And um, that felt so good. My kids were in school for a few days yeah. at the beginning of fall. Yeah. Like that felt so good. So those are the moments when I felt most energized. Like I was able to, because I was doing those things and my extrovert was feeling more fueled. I was like, yeah, yeah we're doing this. Yep. We're doing this. Yes. Um, yes. So those, it's funny how just regular life, you know, like just really that's life. just a, a thing I probably would have complained about. Yeah, you know, totally. Two years ago, like oh, sure. regular life. So, but now it just felt so good just to have a few minutes when it wasn't as much work as it often has been. What about you? I relate to that so much. Okay, the training thing, most training thing for me has been homeschooling with the twins. I I think I've said this um, on different versions of the show. Like I I know I've mentioned this, but just. It's very hard. Like I do have a degree in education. So like, I think there's like this guilt part of my brain. That's like, you're a literal trained teacher. It shouldn't be this hard. But for me, I have not yet navigated how to make this less about like mom and child relationship because and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like a wildly empathetic parent and the twins, you know, they don't, they like, when they're in an actual classroom context, they're having fun and they're like interacting with people. And like, it's a whole thing in terms of getting on their Chromebooks and doing the work, they do not like it. And so Mm -hmm. for me as an Enneagram nine and ENFP who does not like to tell people what to do, likes for people to just do what they're supposed to do without any uh, interjection from me, the dailiness of like, come on guys, it's time to start school. And, yes. and of course my INTJ husband is like, you don't have to be a cheerleader. You just tell them to get in there and they open their <laughs> Chromebooks and you just do it. And you know, that's, I mean, I've tried that even, and that doesn't feel good either. Like nothing yeah. feels good it about work and yeah. it doesn't feel good to you. Yeah. And so nothing about homeschooling has been energizing for me. <laughs> sad to say, except for the fact that they are doing, when they get in there and get started on it, they do really well. But yeah. the the constant cheerleading around it is is very difficult and very draining for me. Um, energizing for me, um, a couple of things. First of all, our community, which has been so awesome. And gosh, you know, we've had a few, like there'll, there'll be like these momentary kind of like flare ups of either hurt feelings or, you know, people kind of not being awesome to each other, but those little moments are nothing compared to the miraculous way our community has come together to support each other. And that has just like meant so much and been so energizing to me. And I think that that in turn has energized my thoughts about the future for sort of awesome has in a lot of ways filled in what my ideas about like what the future can be for sort of awesome with doing these cohorts and other like, like really drawing on the community aspect of our people and just daydreaming about that and just thinking about like what we could do with all of that and how this could further impact people's lives has been extremely energizing. So I'm super excited about a lot of that. Um, the fourth question I wanted to ask is like, what's the best decision you made this year? And I'm going to like, go ahead. If you don't mind, I'm going to jump yeah. in on that because the it's directly related to what I just said. And I will say that hands down, 
by far the best decision I made in 2020 was enrolling Nico in daycare. Yes, ma'am. Fifth child. Never thought this would be the way our family life would look. But oh my gosh, it has been a game changer. Number one, because I am able to focus on the twins and cheerleading them and getting them, you know, to do their daily lessons. So that was like a huge part of it because how do you teach seven-year-olds how to read in basics of math when you have a one-year-old who is like literally emptying the kitchen cabinets while you're trying to work yes. with your kids? I, I know many, many, many homeschooling moms are like, oh gosh, well, here's how, well, they're yeah, probably right, like, right. A, you just figure out this and that and this. And I understand like many homeschooling moms have been doing this, oh my gosh, for literally centuries. But for me, my brain, I just couldn't make it all work. So there's that. Secondly, being able to free up my brain space to think about sort of awesome, like I said, to do the daydreaming, to do the like logistics of like, what do we do to move sort of awesome into the next version of what we have going on here has been so great. And then to see the joy in Nico, now that he is so used to it, he runs down the hallway to his classroom every day. He loves it so much. He is delighted and he's so, he's happy when I drop him off and he's happy when I pick him up. And that has been so awesome for me. So I'm so thankful that I pushed through my discomfort on the front end of being like, oh gosh, I've just never been a mom who does like any kind of daycare. I pushed through that and was able to like actually take the, get, get with the momentum and take the action that was needed on that. And I'm so thankful I did Kelly. I'm so thankful. Yeah. I'm thankful too. Cause I remember you when the first week when it was just like, oh my word, this is going to work. Yes. And this is one of those situations. That's a true win-win. Yeah, like it's a win for Nico. It's a win for you. It's a win for the show. It's a win for your other kids. And so it is about that sometimes just pushing through the discomfort at the beginning. Yes. Yes. But you have to do that to be able to look back and say that was the best decision I made this year. Yep. Yes. I I would say mine kind of similarly is not one that I would have expected, but it was um, not made just by me, but a joint decision by my siblings and I to put our mom, it sounds so, I don't mean it that way, but you know, to get her safely cared for in a group home setting. So she's in an assisted living facility. It's a beautiful, wonderful facility. Um, It was a really hard decision this fall when my dad passed away. And then we were like, okay, we're to try to care for her. We just didn't recognize how um, far along her Alzheimer's already was and, or how much it had been exacerbated by my dad's death, which, you know, we'll never know that for sure. sure. But it was hard because, it is a pivot. You know, like we had said, we're going to try this one thing and we didn't lock ourselves in, mm-hmm. but we said, let's try this. Yes. And then at, at a time when like we made that decision a week after my dad died, you know, yeah. where we, we went to our one facility, it was not the right place, first of all, but we just didn't have much time. My brother from California was only here for, you know, like a day, you know, like one more day. So we were like, okay, that place doesn't work. Let's care for it in our home. Let's try this. Yep. Um, and we were all on board. And within like five days, we were like, th- th- those of us who are here were like, oh my word, this is so much harder and it's so much more fraught with peril. And it was really painful yeah. um, to kind of grapple with that amongst ourselves, both internally and with my siblings as a group. But once we made the decision and we found this place, it hasn't been without um, tears, you know, like oh, it's, been, sure. it's been difficult. It was a transition yeah. for sure. And yeah. I know that even, you know, especially right now, there have been times that we've said, 
because of the COVID restrictions. That's the biggest thing is that, you know, then we haven't been able, she hasn't been able to leave to come to our house for Christmas or that sort of thing, because they're trying to limit exposure for our residents there. Sure. So that's been painful. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I, I talked with my sister the week before Christmas and said, you know, should we have just put her in an apartment? Because she's not eating the food there. She's not doing any activities there, like because of her own resistance, like things that we had hoped for her, she's not doing, but right. old, old, what I'm learning is that older people are a lot like little kids, you know, like you, you yes. can put things to them. You can have hopes and dreams and it's up, eventually just up to them, whether they're yes. going to take advantage of it or not. And that's painful as their caretaker, you know, you're like, you could be doing this. Yes. Um, however, this is the right place for her. And she is now in her little apartment. She is safe there and she feels comfortable. She likes where she is. She knows what's going on. She wishes she could see us more, but that could possibly change as, you know, restrictions get lifted here in 2021. But I just think that was a hard decision, but I can't imagine it any other way now on this side of it. That was the right thing to do. I'm glad that we were able to, as a group, pivot and do this hard thing, you know, selling the house and all the things that went along with it. Because I think it sets us up and sets her up for the best future. Yes, I love that. And again, I'm hearing in your story the same as mine. Like this, sometimes there is so much, you know, hard stuff, resistance. Just yeah, like how do you even make this work on the beginning? But I do think it sounds like in our stories, and I'm sure many superstars can relate to this, not just from 2020, but as you look back over a lifetime of decisions, sometimes those like hard fought decisions are the ones that genuinely end up being the most rewarding and the most like pivotal as you look back over your life, the thing that you had to kind of work through the hardest and most stuff to get there ends up making the biggest difference That's right. in in a lot of cases. So, all right. One last question I would love to hear from you as you think back over your year is what are you most proud of from 2020? I mean, I think a lot of us are like, I would like to just put this, you're to bed and never look back and never speak. Let's never speak of this again. Um, In fact, that's what I put on my calendar for 2021. Like I always make a calendar for Corey of the people in his life, mostly our family. I wrote never again, never again. (laughs) Like, let's just leave that one. I was like, welcome to 2021. Um, I do think that's true. However, so in that vein, what I would say I'm most proud of is just survival. Yes. Survival with a slice of awareness. I think that's the part that I'm the most proud of is that I feel like in a super traumatic, what will surely go down as one of the top worst years of my life year, I have tried really hard and worked hard. And I feel like this has been the Holy Spirit. Like this is the result of other years, the groundwork and the foundation being laid, being aware of my body, of my heart, of my spirit, of this moment in time. And so being able to have awareness of how I'm dealing and how I'm feeling and what I need to do to survive today and also what that's going to cost me Yes, in stuff that I'm going to need to deal with at some point. Yeah. Um, Because we've all been in this mode of just trying to survive. Yes. I've just been proud that I've been able to at least do it with an awareness of what was going on as much as possible so that hopefully when we get through, I feel like a lot of us, we're going to have habits to correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello, screen time children who oh my are on like, YouTube for 14 hours a day. All day, every day. Oh, yes. Yeah. I don't even know how we're going to, so there's going to be some painful things to correct. But I think that one of the really good things is that I have seen 
the work that I have done and the work that I would say that God has done in me um, has led to this year being much more expansive and life-giving, even in the midst of the heart than I would have ever imagined it to be. So I'm proud that I've been able to survive and have little moments of thriving or at least awareness of how this was going. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I relate and resonate so much with what you're saying there that, yes, I totally get that. Um, Mine's like slightly related. I think I do look back on this year and I recognize, and I'm proud of myself that there were some dramatic, um, how can I say this? There were some dips in uh, performance, like especially in my professional life as it comes to sort of awesome. When the pandemic happened, our listenership shifted radically. Well, I say radically. The team has been good to remind me to be like, you know, this is just like this percentage of change. (laughs) To me, it felt dramatic, okay? It felt very much like the sky was falling. As people's lives and habits changed. People who would play their podcasts on their commutes, especially commutes or while they're, you know, running around town with their kids. We've all experienced this huge shift in the way we spend our free time. And for some people, that's meant a drop off in listening to their podcasts. And so I went through some pretty intense panic about that behind the scenes. But I'm proud of myself that instead of just staying in a sky is falling mindset, that, and this, I can sum it up in like a few sentences, but like the actual experience of it was a lot more than that. But that that helped me to kind of shake loose of some things, some ideas about my work and what we're doing was sort of awesome that I'd become really, really attached to, to the exclusion of imagining what else could be possible. And so I'm really proud of myself for not staying in a, um, you know, well, I guess we're going to have to throw in the towel now. It's time to, you know, shut it down mindset, which that might've been the right path for many other situations. But in this one, I'm proud of myself that I just kind of like stayed present with it. I felt the discomfort of it. I didn't try to like, um, like self-soothe myself to the point where like I was denying the reality of what we were seeing on the back end of things. And also being present enough to be like, okay, I'm hearing in within from within myself that like, I don't want sort of awesome to go away. Like kind of woke me up, I guess you could say. And so I'm really proud of myself for just kind of like staying engaged with it, even though it was uncomfortable at times, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I think that just the ability, I love that you said you were able to stay present with it. I feel like that's what I'm saying too. The ability to say, this has been an awful, no good, very bad year, but I was present with it and with the good yes. that we saw yes. and present with the loss yes. that we, that we felt. Yeah. Um, that's the best we can do. I think, especially in these triage sorts of moments. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. This was really good. Was. I cannot wait. I'm clapping. I'm literally clapping. I cannot wait to hear what the superstars say. Yes. Questions. So maybe yes. we can just post like each one as a separate question. I'm going to so do that. Can, yes, yes, yes. I'm absolutely going to do that so that everybody has a chance to weigh in as much as you want to, as many details as you want to give. 
let's kind of celebrate some of this that has come through our lives, into our lives and through our lives, through the vehicle that was 2020. None of us would have asked for it, but some things have been happening to us and to our context of our lives. And so I'm like you, I'm just like so thrilled and can't wait to hear more. So, all right. Well, I think that about does it for overflow for this month. I'm very excited for what we have coming up. Kelly's going to be coming up to bat pretty soon on sort of spicy. So we've got Mm -hmm. that going on. Um, So so, yeah, note that the sort of spicy series is continuing. We have a certain, and I haven't even told the team this yet because we haven't started the logistics of it, but there's a certain former uh, sort of awesome co-host who will be coming back to the show. I think we're going to try to put a group show together, you guys, with Laura as we uh, start to celebrate her book coming out early in 2021. So we've got so much fun stuff right around the corner. As always, we are so, so thankful for your support of Sword Awesome. We know some of you have been with us from the very beginning, and some of you superstars are brand new. However long you've been with us, we are so grateful for your support this year and every year. So yeah, I think that about does it. Any other thoughts, Kelly, before we wrap up? or? No, just, you know, here's to 2021. Here is to 2021. We're doing this together. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Okay, superstars, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see y'all next time.